a Mitch and Jeremy exclusive. Are you ready? On air. Online. On your smart speaker and wherever you stream. The Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. The Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews and episodes on demand now. Subscribe so you don't miss any of it. We are speaking with the one and only Steve Angeri. Uh, the new album, or not the new album, but the new single uh, out now is called If You Want. And of course, the album uh, Seven Ways Till Sunday will be out later this year. Uh, more details as that comes along. But as we say here in Montreal, bonjour, Steve. Comment allez-vous? How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well, Mitch. Um, I'm happy to be uh, with you and uh, talking about talking shop. And ta- yeah, and talking music. By the way, you g- great background. I mean, you've got all those guitars and all that. I mean, that looks, that's, that's some good-looking stuff back there. But talk to me about uh, about this album. So you, you've decided to put the single out now, and it's doing very well on uh, YouTube and Spotify. People are, are, are enjoying it. Um, what did you want to do with this album? Did you want to give them sort of, uh, this is Journey Without Journey, this is Taiketo Without Taiketo, this is... What is the album for fans that just don't know about it? Well, uh, to make a, to be quite honest, yeah. of course I've been I've been putting music out, you know, almost a song a year, yep. and just keeping my head above water and just showing people that I'm still around and and uh, half of the the life of a performer or an artist is creating and the other half is performing. So uh, I've been doing that, and uh, then the pandemic reared its ugly head mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i had a, a a catalog of songs that weren't recorded or were half recorded and i thought to myself i really resigned to the fact that this might be it right and i, I and i said i've got to get this stuff done and out there so um no sooner did you know that that monumental day when everything shut down or there that re, that those days in March 2020, uh, I just pivoted and shifted gears from performing to creating and recording and and had started doing it feverishly because I thought this was it. You got to get it out there or it'll never happen. So uh, I think uh, one of my friends say it's like leaving money on the table. Not that there's, <laughs> I assure you, <laughs> the money is a metaphor these days. It's like just leaving art or leaving something creative. It would be a waste. Right. In my, in my, in my, to me estimation. Now, well, let me ask you then. So, are these songs that go back ten, twenty, fifteen years, or are these songs that just go back to two thousand nineteen? And you got to okay, I got to just get them out now. I mean, because you said so you they, had some. So actually, both. Okay. So actually, there are songs that I wrote with both uh, John Kane and the, there's a song with John Kane, John song with Neil Sean, respectively. Um, so it goes far as far back as that. And then um, my very last vocal recording was uh, literally about a month ago. So I've been recording. So it's, it's a, a spanned all that time, but especially um, I found myself uh, working with uh, Steve or jury band members, ex Valentine, I'm sure your listeners would remember the great Valentine. Um, uh, Craig, Craig Pullman, our keyboardist, he'd come up with a germ and he'd send it off to guitarist Adam Holland and it would filter through Adam and he'd, you know, expand upon it. And then they throw this beautiful, um, you know, landscape of a song idea at me. And then I would just apply a melody and lyrics and we'd arrange it and we'd throw it around and, and we, I would say about a good third of the record is that. And it was so much fun doing that. Normally not the case. However, it was very rewarding in that respect. And, and, uh, and some of our strong, some of the strongest material is by far those songs. Or certainly, and you asked, uh, Steve, did you want to do a Taiketo record or a Toll Story record or, right. or a Journey record? And by no stretch of the imagination did I not. Right want to do a, now of course i take those influences 
and uh, with me and uh, you know those ingredients from a beautiful um, I think John Kane would say uh, jambalaya you know you throw a little cash <laughs> at this and a little yeah and, and I ask mostly for the fans because you know when when you haven't had an album out in a while they come back and they say well is he doing sort of atmospheric jazz fusion or is he giving me what I'm used to and so that's why I ask. So basically, are you giving them what they're used to, or are you out on a limb giving them some kind of like, oh boy? Okay. Well, yeah. Well, that. Well, right. That's a fair way to put it. Maybe a great way to put it. And frankly, um, <clears throat> I would be incapable of giving them something so uh, abstract and so left of center. Right. There's always going to be whatever i've you know dragged along with me in my little suitcase from ever you know whenever ever since i saw the beatles at age six you know on television on the ed sullivan right. show up until like i said the very last vocal recording i did about a month ago so you pick up you pick up memories and little nuggets along the way so it's oh but the thing is certainly it's not a i would never go down the road of um, trying to emulate Journey per se, right. because I've been approached by many not large record companies, small small labels that want exactly that, and not to say to cash in. And I understand it; that's a great business model. But the truth of the matter is, these particular labels already have at least half a dozen, because there's already you know there's a handful of former journey singers and people that sang within that yep. camp and et cetera. And the last thing I want to do is do that. Um, I've always, whether <laughs> now I'm saying this because I've made my living and I've made my bones following Mr. Perry's footsteps. Yes. So it, it might sound like a hypocrite and I understand it sounds a little, uh, um, contradictive, but, right. But, uh, I I take that once again and I run it through my filter and I take the great influences from my band told stories with those great writers in Taiketo with uh, uh, Brooke St. James um, and his influences and, and the roots and, and we mash it up and it's, it, it's man, we've got something, a, a wonderful song that I wanted to send to you prior to this yeah. Um, so that you could get an idea of the other side of the record, the heavy side. Um, and then I have a ballad that's going to be, you know, uh, not in, I won't ever put it in the pet on the pedestal of open arms, but it's, and it's certainly as close to a with your love or a lifetime of dreams or something right. like that, that we've done ballad wise with uh, that was written either by Neil or John um, the famous guru John Kalodner said to me just before I joined the band he said Steve when you work with these gentlemen you're working with you know experts and and the top of the top of the heap he said yep. keep your eyes and ears open and that's I don't take a lot of good advice this that I took to heart and I did my best to learn from them. And See, I hope, and I hope it rubbed off. I hope it rubbed off. Um, I want to get into a little bit of the past because there's, there's, there's a couple of things that have always uh, puzzled me. Not puzzled me, but made me Kept go, hey, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it says that uh, I've been told that you got your start uh, singing back up, in a sense, with Michael Schenker. And I've looked through every liner note, and I've looked through every, and I've never seen that. So so tell me the story. Like, was it on a record? Was it just live? Is it okay. fake? I mean, <laughs> I've, I've never been able to validate it. Oh, well, um... You, oh, we got something? Don't go away. Well, I'll hang out right here. All right, well, uh, can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, well... I love that we're playing show and tell. This is great. Back in 1984. Oh, here it is. Right. 1984. They released. Um, they released live in Japan and they also released. Hold on. Save yourself for something. What was it? With Andy Nye on keys. 
Uh, well, Save Yourself was 89, so we have, uh, here, I've got the, the discography 84. in front of me. Uh, Rock Will Never what? Die in 84, Super Rock. His, go, then, all right. He's smashing his uh, flying V on top of a Mercedes convertible. Is that what you would call that? It's probably Built to Destroy, isn't it? Built to Destroy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, that was the, that was the, well, here's a real quick picture. This is well, you see on, on Built to Destroy, I, I, if you look and, and please, Wikipedia is the worst place, but that's the quickest one right now. You're not listed. There's Andy Nye, there's Ted McKenna, there's Chris Glenn, Gary Barden, Michael Schenker, but no, no you. Right. So what I was, okay. was a, not an afterthought, but they were looking <laughs> for a second guitarist and a okay. background vocalist to look I, i'm not spilling the beans this is a known fact before there were hard drives and tape machines they used to hire additional personnel right to double stuff i mean that's, that's yeah that's just to double and <laughs> what i did was i would sing in a uh, a hallway i would sing behind the curtain and and it was oh, just on the tour vocals. yeah so just oh. background vocals yeah yeah it was just it was only on the tour and um you know i was just doing all the high bits you guys, at the time, I had a squeaky clean oh, yeah. high voice, uh, you know, nowhere near a rock and roll voice that eventually, <laughs> when you put a little wear and tear in it, you get a little character in it. I was far from that. Let me ask you about that. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to take you up on this for a second, because Robert Mason, who... Oh, wait, I, but I just wanted to show you that. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. Let's, let's have a look at that picture. Oh, that is awesome. Look at like, that. And that's Dennis Feldman. Yeah. Feldman. Um, that's oh, gorgeous. But, but okay, so let, let me quickly ask you this. One thing before I go, before you switch gears. Yeah. Watching, watching that man play guitar every night was going to school, going to rock school. And he's, you know, I, I love his playing to death. Oh, he's the best. But I'm not going to switch gears. I'm going to ask you this because Robert Mason, who sings with Warrant now. Uh-huh. In 95, he was on the Ozzy Osbourne Osmosis tour, and they actually had a insulated or insular or whatever word you vocal booth in the back that he sang in but you know hidden from everybody and he's right. talked about it it's been in the los angeles times they did a whole story that were not was that your situation where they had you completely walled off and or was it really just sort of you were behind the drums and yeah, you know, yeah it was it wasn't that it wasn't that elaborate no it wasn't that elaborate. it was just a mic and strictly background vocals nothing nefarious nothing at all it was all on the up and up it was just you know enhancing the filling out the sound with one more voice and oh, if wow. my guitar chops were anywhere, <laughs> anywhere michael's <laughs> i would have been playing guitar too but they weren't and so that's the that's the case yeah and and yeah we're and we're not we're not peeling back the curtain i mean kiss on their uh crazy nights tour they had a keyboardist off stage doing something mean, it's oh, a yeah. story that's been told a thousand times so we're sure, not we're sure. not there's no nda that we're violating right now <laughs> absolutely right um i have to say uh but um, what was that like experience like for you because i mean you were a kid you you were oh. young and fresh and and you're on a major tour where the guy was in the Scorpions and MSG was doing good at the time. That must have been cool. I, I was coming up um, in New York City. There was back then there was a great New York music scene, yeah. which is you know like everything else has changed is is no longer the case. And um, uh, you know I I befriended uh, the folks at Lieber Krebs Management. Yeah, Aerosmith. Yeah. Exactly. And in fact, when Steve and Joe left Aerosmith, right. I was in the I was with a young lady named Marge Raymond, who went to go and start a band called Renegade. Did you ever hear of that? So Bob Mayo, maybe and Marge Raymond joined up with the rest of the rhythm section and they formed a band Renegade. When Marge. Okay. Yeah. So when Marge came back, I joined her backup band. And it was from there, Paul O'Neill, who you may be aware of from Trans-Siberian Orchestra mm -hmm. and Sabotage mm -hmm. um, Production. Yep. Very and much he so. also produced one of the Aerosmith records. Uh, he was the gentleman who gave me my start and sent me out with Michael because they also handled Michael. Wow. And, and, and Paul was a, is a genius. Paul, was, Paul, you know, 
he was just the sweetest guy, sweetheart mm-hmm. of a guy. And, uh, and, and, and I thank him. I'll always be in debt and, and thankful for it. He gave me the shot. He gave me the, the chance that, you know, everybody waits for all their life. You know? And I will say it again, a complete genius. You look at Trans-Siberian Orchestra on paper and you think this is a disaster. I mean, heavy metal guys doing Christmas. I mean, and yet it is one of the most anticipated shows year after year. He really created something unique. And that's rare to do. 100%. And this is a shoe-in. This kind of thing is a shoe-in in Europe, right? Hands down. In America, it could have gone either way. But man, did they, they embraced it. And it blew up so big that they had to have two touring companies, one East Coast yep. and one West Coast because the seasonal thing, they, didn't, they couldn't get to, to you know, as right. many cities in it so they said well let's get, create a second band yeah. and they did and they grabbed the best of the best you know that you know that were on the cusp of making it themselves that he had a good eye and ear for for talent and he grabbed you know jeff scott soto for one yep. uh these are guys i know david z from zero two who we lost yep. he was i think i saw him first with trans-siberian orchestra and i saw this great bass player and you know you so- were just out at the zo2 thing the other day with was, joey casada and uh, Matthew Klein and all those wonderful, all those guys, yeah. Oh, what, what, what a great bunch! Yeah, yeah. that was fun. that was a lot of fun. So anyway, TSO. So did, jo- that, did yeah. Joey try to sell you his book? By the way, I've got one. <laughs> I love him, Joey. Joey, we're we're uh, we're, we're oh wait, you, he's played with you, hasn't he? He toured he's with you. Had him with us a couple of times. Yeah. Okay. Luckily, uh, I've had the uh, enormous pleasure of having him sit in with us and, and suffer us a couple of times. He's got great energy, great drummer. Yeah. Uh, you know, whenever we can, we'll. You know, I have a revolving seat. With ex- now we filled it with my son, who's who's he's the steady guy. But whenever Joey's, you know, at the top of the list, he's top of the list. Yeah. So all right. So let me. Let me get into the into the journey stuff for for just a moment because it came down to the fact where they said you've lost your voice, you can't sing, we're a big machine, we got to keep moving. Too bad. Pretty uh, much. Was that was that it? Pretty much, and and they just sort of said because uh, Jeff Scott Soto tells the story of I got to the to the to the to the show. And we didn't have sound check. And my first night, I had to sing without a sound check, <laughs> and and I had to get wow. you know baptism by fire. Was it just? Thank you, Steve. Out you go. Too bad. Well, well, yeah. I mean, the writing was on the wall because I was my voice health was declining. Okay. And uh, I, I, I I tried, and I threw so much money at vocal teachers, vocal therapists. And uh, to be honest with you, I went to one that I went to some great people that helped me. And I went to one that just didn't quite understand the picture. I was underwater, so to speak. And rather than nurse me back to health, he piled brick after gotcha. brick. And he, but, but what was it? Was it nodes? Was it just? No, it was pre nodule. It was, okay. it was, it was uh, exhaustion. I mean, my vocal cords were beat up and they needed to rest. You know, it was what gets you there. Um, you know, it's a long story. I'll make it very short. I have uh, issues with infections, whether it be sinus right. infections or right. whenever we look with something lays on here, that comes down from here and it doesn't, it never turns off. You're, you're behind an eight ball constantly. Right. And I had a chronic, I have chronic to this day. I have chronic issues. Okay. So uh, I can't do it five times a week. I could do it one or twice a week and there I can maintain it. Okay. With the right medication. Uh, you know, it's always like living with a monk. I've 10 years. I haven't drank. I haven't, celebrated like all you nice folks have it in a razor glass and right. well, well I, I haven't drank it uh, in, since i was 28 so <laughs> oh look at you wow but so i, but I, I had have... a heart condition and they said you can't drink and i went okay <laughs> okay well yeah so you know uh, but anyway getting back to that um i had to make a lot of life choices and they did the you know what when they let me go it was the best thing that they ever did for me because frankly it was a sigh of relief 
it hurt me more than anything I had ever experienced. Right. However, it was such a huge relief because now I could go on and and heal and uh, perhaps maybe, you know, learn to tell the tale and maybe sing again. So, you know what? When you're up there, yep. you fall so it's a, it's a hell of a fall. It is a hell of a fall, but had you done another year or two, it could have been so devastating and you could have been in such a depressive state that you might not have been able to pick yourself up and be surely. where we are today. Surely, surely, surely. There's always a flip side to all of this. So, you know, now you're here, now you're making your own music, you're still going out there doing the tours with Lou Graham and the, the Asia guys. and all. So, listen. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, basically, I'm in a good place. I'm in a happy place. And this is where I'm yeah. comfortable. And, you know, I'll tell you what, you know, you when you reach my age, and you can still go out there and, and, and sing, I'm, I'm helpful for uh, thankful for every day that that happens. I'm going to quickly and, check and like you were just saying, I've had I've been fortunate these last two years to create and write enough material for a record and get an album together that I'm so excited to finally share with everybody. Right. And and I think um, now the album says summer of 2022. Is there a is there a more sort of targeted date that we have? Well, only I would be more specific only because there are two songs that are stuck in my craw. I think crow or craw that's of just giving me a little trouble mix wise. Right. And I, every time I think I'm just about finished, something pops into my head. Oh, we've got to fix this. or we've got to add this. And I guess this could go on forever, but I'm giving myself the deadline of, of the summer. So I've when got you get a song like that, don't you at some point just say, don't you have to just fish or cut bait? If, if you know what I mean, don't you just sort of say it either goes on or I just have to leave it off? Yes. If they, if they're like your third or fourth or fifth child. Right. But the ones I'm thinking about, one in particular, I get a great a res a response and reaction from folks. And it may very be, be one of my best written songs. So I just have to make sure, you know, it might not ne need something added. It might something yeah, need to be subtracted. It just has to be right. All right. I'll tell you what, you send it to me and I'll tell you exactly what it needs. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll fix it for you. I'll do that. I know how to do that stuff. Um, uh, I'll ask you one more uh, journey question, then we'll, we'll focus on, on, on just the now. Um, and, and if this, if the question is uh, beyond means, just you can ignore it. But there was a, there was a suggestion that at that time, as things were coming to an end, that you needed some help with the vocals and there were some uh, piped in vocals or some backing vocals and it wasn't necessarily all live all the time. Is that fair to say? It's fair to assume. Okay. Yeah. And, and correct I'll, me if I'm wrong. Tell me I'm an ass if, if I, if the question is no, rude. No, 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 no. It's the question everybody wants to ask and you're right. the one who was brave enough to ask or um, yeah, because I, personally, if, if you want to tell me I'm an ass and, and hang up, then that's okay. No, 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 no. no. Uh, I, I could only respond in this way. Right. And this is as truthful as I can be. Right. I'm not going to t lie. I went out every night. Right. And I went out and I sang every show. Right. Every word, every note. Right. If something else appeared from somewhere else a magical enhancement uh, yeah <laughs> i had no i it was not of my doing gotcha gotcha and 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 by all way, I'm for, to say, however i will say in this day and age this is more of a norm than oh, not it's it's absolutely an industry standard and and i will be very clear if you are playing in an arena mm -hmm. chances are that it is being enhanced Period. However, end of story. Just to be fair. Every and, band. Almost know, every band. And, you know, and to history, maybe, maybe not, but I went out every night because... And gave it your best. I gave it my best. Okay. And I, there, there came a point where they did me a favor and said, Steve, your best is not good enough. And that was just the truth. Okay. Now, now had I been a, a band member for 30 years, 
we may have had a sit down and said, you know, let's take, let's cancel the tour. But the tour had just got started. It was a huge tour with Def Leppard, you know, massive, wonderful tour of the summer, one of the biggest in the summer. And, uh, and let's face it, if they could, if they could walk away from Mr. Steve Perry, um, (laughs) one of the greatest voices that we'll ever hear in our lifetime, I, it, it was not an, it, it was acceptable at a, at a drop of a, a click of a, a finger and, and a drop of a hat that I have to accept this. Yeah. Get over yourself, Steve. This is not personal. And in fact, Neil said, he, he said to me, Steve, this is nothing personal. This is strictly business. And frankly, he was 100% right. He had obligations. He had mm-hmm. an entire tour in front of him. And, mm-hmm. you know, and he had somebody waiting in the wings. Whether it was Jeff or there could have been, frankly, there, there's so many great singers out there. Yeah, it's and listen, not- it's the music business. It's not the music hugs and kisses. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. I think and, he may have followed up with it's the music business. Yeah, and uh, and not I'll, the hugs and kisses part, but he, yeah, <laughs> right. Music. And and here I'll 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 throw this in. Uh, two years ago, I was at a sound check for for a major major band in an arena. And they were actually sound checking crowd swell because they wanted extra noise to make it sound like people were cheering louder. Great idea. <laughs> yes. I hey, I love it. Yeah, but you know what? I'm I'm all in favor of all this stuff. I don't think it's cheating. When you're paying three hundred bucks for a ticket, you want a show. You don't want the guy that has the 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 hay fever and the. You want the show you paid for. I'm all for it. Yeah, there's a balance. There is. uh, You know what? There's an absolutely, there's a balance. And, you know, maybe that balance got disrupted. Yeah. Or maybe it didn't. But what happened is water on the bridge for me. I I can't look back. I have to look forward. And and that's what I'm doing. As they did. And they found great success with Arnell. And, uh, you know. I love yeah. him. I love his voice, and I love the music they're making. And I and I'm, I'm happy for them. And I hope I hope that's reciprocal. I hope that's uh, yeah. And I see all of this as positive. I mean, if you want the new song, which is out now, sounds great. the The album is coming out soon. Uh, it's given us. It's given the world Arnell. I, I don't I, see any. I don't see any negative in any of this. Quite frankly, listen, it's all good. And you got to have Joey Casada as your drummer, so. Oh, such, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. Now, now, I, when you first get married mm-hmm. in a band, it is a honeymoon. And we, Journey and I had such a honeymoon. It was grand. And then the honeymoon was over. So, so they went on and got remarried. And so did I. I had a new lease in life and I found joy in the in the the former band members of valentine um they're wonderful i mean when you can call your you know i think it was it was had to be keith richards he used to call his band it's like a gang but it's certainly if it, if it's lucky enough to be like a family you've you've hit gold and that's the way that it is when my guys now and the minute it gets a little sh- you know, a little tension, a little something. Well, you know what? You work people in and out. And I just, it's important for you and everybody to uh, surround yourself with positive people. And yeah. um, that's where I'm at. And that's what keeps a smile on my face. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And as and a I fan, wish that on everybody. I hope everybody achieves that, whether they're selling hot dogs on their corner of Fifth Avenue and 57th Street in Manhattan, or they're, you know, swinging a hammer. I don't know, three stories up building a home or baking or whatever. If, if you're around good people, it, it rubs off and it's contagious. Yep. You know? And and as a fan, I will look back and, and look at Shine with Taiketo and look at Arrival and Red 13 and Generations and I'll say thank you because those are great albums with great music. I appreciate that. And your voice <laughs> is terrific. I appreciate it. I'll tell you a funny thing was the demise of Tall Stories, which was I think one of my shining moments vocally, um, things were bleak and dark, had gotten dark. And I found those guys or they found me 
And boy, was that a shot in the arm because want to talk about joy and, and laughter and camaraderie. They were a great bunch to be around as short lived as that was. Yeah. And uh, I'm still looking forward to seeing the solo band. Uh, last year or, or during the pandemic, uh, you were going to play Malone, New York at the Franklin County Fair with Lou Graham. I set that up and then it got canceled. And then you came back last year, but I couldn't cross the border. Right. Because of the pandemic. So the show that I helped set up, I couldn't go see. Ah, it was a good show. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. I'm, I'm sure it was, <laughs> it was a great show. <laughs> it, was it was the best show you've ever had, I'm assuming, right? It was a good. Uh, well, we're going to make it up to you. Good. So we're let's chat them. I don't know if that's not quite far as Malone, but no, you need to. We could have thrown a stone across the border, I think. It, it is literally 40 minutes from my house, but I wasn't allowed to cross the border because of the Another pandemic. Time. Another time. Uh, always, a, always a pleasure. We've talked online and stuff, but this was great to do. I'm glad that you're back with this new album. I think it is going to be fantastic. I think the fans are going to love it. Um, strong melodic rock. How can you go wrong with that? You can't. You know, here's the deal. I'm hitting... A, there's a wide spectrum. There's a wide um, spectrum of different kind of material. Uh, I, I said this before that, you know, I just did a, an article for LA Weekly. They asked mm -hmm. me what my favorite record was. The first thing that came to mind was Smoke In by Humble Pie because it was my first concert and it was a, after the Beatles, it jettisoned me into rock and roll, you know, just everything. However, I think it was the Beatles, really. Uh, Sergeant Pepper that did it for me. And uh, where was I going? I just had a, a moment. I yes. dare say senior. Um, oh, when you think of the Beatles, when you think yeah. of the White Album or Sergeant Pepper's, they don't stick to just this style. They they had it all over the place, mm -hmm. and it made it so different, so interesting. And you and you can you know, it, it, look, I love Kiss One, Kiss Kiss, right? But it had a thing. Nobody did it before. And so you can listen to it from first cut to th the last cut and you're charged and it's fantastic. But a Beatle record like Sgt. Pepper's, it takes you to all around the world. You know what I mean? Stylistically. And so what I'm trying to do with this record or what I'm certainly not trying to do is bore you. So I want to keep your interest up. I want you to be able to listen to it from beginning to end without turning it off. And that's my goal, and I hope that I achieve that. Yeah, I hope so, too. Seven ways till Sunday. Seven ways till Sunday. Sorry, I got a, a dog that started to bark in, in the background. But, yeah, I'm looking. I'm very much looking forward to it. It'll be out later this summer. And as we say in Montreal, merci, Steve. I hope you enjoyed this today, and I'll have it up soon. Man, I thank you very much, Mitch. Absolutely. Pleasure, and all the best to you. I look forward to many more of your podcasts down the road. Thank you, sir. Merci bien. Now, back to the Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. Salut, Canada. <laughs> What's yes, up? Sir. How you doing, man? <laughs> Are you guys doing all right? Good. Great. Yes. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, I guess you don't know. Yeah, the, Terry is from uh, from France, and il parle français like oh. us. Bonjour. Je parle pas français très bien. Je parle un petit peu. <laughs> Jeremy, where are you from? I'm from a native reservation just outside of Montreal, so we're like anti-French over here. <laughs> Ouch. No, no, no. Yes and no. Yes and no. Because at one point, the French tried, tried to uh, invade Canada and they, asked, they got their ass kicked, okay, by yeah. the native. They, they did. They, uh, because, you know, the French are whips. And then, um, and then uh, after that, uh, the uh, the French became uh, good friends with the uh, the natives. Yeah, yeah, we adopted them all, and uh, you know, I mean, uh, there's, geez, we were battling back and forth, depending on who screwed over who that week. Well, it's probably the French. Yeah. Well, I have to say, uh, <laughs> where, where I live, down the street uh, by the lake, there was a sign years ago that said, uh, "Here is where Samuel de Champlain." Um, uh, massacred 500 Iroquois and thus saving Montreal from the natives. And really? uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and about about 10 years ago, somebody had the good nature to say, that's 
not really a nice sign to say here's where we massacred like and i said you know it was an official government of canada plaque anyway right, right. They, they they finally took it down and it was in a little um uh you know mausoleum or whatever and they sort of destroyed and un undid that it was just like yeah maybe we shouldn't be celebrating the massacre of yeah, 500 people yeah. whether they're native or white or right. any you know during that time everybody was trying to conquer the world the french the british yep. uh, the portuguese before them or the spanish before them they were trying to conquer the world and they did some atrocities all over the world of course. Um, terrible things yeah. um uh, I'm glad that the uh, Canadians, uh, the natives, actually uh, stood their ground, and uh, they, they, they are, you know, because it's a terrible thing to want to take over another country. I think it's, it's wrong, you know. Yeah, yeah. there's another, there's another great one uh, just across the river from my village. It's in a yeah. town called Lachine, and well, there's basically a plaque that says there, "This is the place where 200 French Canadians were massacred by Iroquois warriors for burning down their crops." And it's like, well, had you not burned down the crops, <laughs> <laughs> probably well, wouldn't yeah. have retaliated. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I did study a little bit the. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the history of natives in general, whether the Canadians or, or American. I, I did study because my ex, one of my exes used to be a Native American, full-blooded, um, from mother and father. She was a Chippewa and a Cherokee. Mm -hmm. And she, she said, you know, before you, you talk about natives or whatever, you should understand them. So she got me a book and I studied that book, few books actually, and I was amazed how all those atrocities uh, done by the Anglo-Saxon or the French at first or um, the, the, the Spaniards, the Spaniards con uh, conquistadors was terrible. I mean, they all wanted to take over because the fact that the, the, uh, the natives were nice people in general, yeah. you know, of course they were fighting amongst each other and some people were saying, oh, they're barbarians. No, they were not. They were just um, defending their, their their turfs. So yeah. Well, let's jump right over and talk about all this right, colonial, all right, all right, all right. This, <laughs> this colonial import that we call music, uh, yes. Land of Gypsies, uh, Land of yes. Gypsies, brand new record that came out in December. It's available now wherever you get your music. You can stream it, download it via Frontiers Music. Uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Terry Lou. There you, there he is, everybody. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you for having me. Yes, bonjour. So. Let's bonjour, get in. Uh, oui, bonjour and uh, bienvenue, as we always say uh, uh, here in Montreal. But let's get into this because the, the band did have a different name before. It was called yes. Gang of Souls. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about does does changing the name imply anything? Is it different musical direction? Is it just different band members? Why the name change? And then, of course, let's just talk about the album. Gang of Soul. Um, she was actually um, my partner's idea, uh, Fabrizio. Um, and um, when he, I said, yeah, the name is fine, you know, uh, but he said to me, okay, let's use that name. And um, we get, a, I get an email from a gentleman who said, you know, Terry, I respect you and everything, but we already have a, a band name, G Gang of Soul. And um, would you mind not um, uh, trying to steal the name? And I said, absolutely. You know, I have, um, my intentions were not to create any issues. I said, yeah, the name is a name, just you had it first, please keep the name and, and you didn't say, yeah, but we're going to be bigger. So we're going to take it. Oh, no, no, it's well, not my ironically, it's not Jeremy myself. and I have a band called land of gypsies and we kind of would hope that you weren't using yeah. names. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get our season to assist yet. <laughs> yeah. Our C and D is coming. Not our CD, our C and D is coming. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to call the band Van Halen, but I don't think it would have gone very well. So ah, yeah. Well, speaking of Van Halen, yeah, <laughs> Jeremy, well, actually, no, it's funny. Uh, Mitch and I were talking about this. I mean, Terry, uh, you got kicked out of Great White, and now yeah. they got a guy in there that's basically cosplaying David Lee Roth, and he's more interested in his own Van Halen tribute band than the actual band. I mean, do you think that Great White would call you back? No, I don't think so. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not very much aware of what they're doing. I, I wish them the very best. I have no animosity. Uh, again, I can tell you that I had nine great years, and that was a great opportunity. I met a lot of fans and, um, no, I, I have no idea what they're up to. Um, cause I don't really follow the band at all since, since I got fired. I just, I moved on, I'm doing other things and, uh, I wish everybody, uh, uh well, that's all. Yeah, Peace, love guy, and happiness. That right? guy they got in there now. I mean, he's got his own Van Halen tribute band going and everything. It's pretty hilarious, man. Is it good? Is it good? I, nah. But, you know, it's kind of bizarre that they have this guy come into the band to replace you. And then he's putting more effort into, like, a completely different band. It's, it's right. just so bizarre to me. 
Uh, yeah, I, 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 fortunately, I mean, seriously, uh, Jeremy, I, I, I'm not very familiar with, uh, with, uh, with him mm-hmm. or not very familiar with what's happening with the band. Again, to be uh, politically correct, um, I just... I moved on. Um, it's right. like having an old girlfriend and a new girlfriend, you know. You yeah, have but if gr- the sex was good, you keep talking about the sex, but if it was yes. bad, yes, <laughs> you know. Yes, sex is very important. Don't forget I'm French, okay? Right. Sex is very important. But if you have a new girlfriend, you have to to see what's happening with the new girlfriend. Uh, the sex, not only has the sex has to be good, but also, also, she has to be a good person um, because it's not just about the sex, you know, a relationship is so... Personally, you know, I, again, to be politically correct, I moved on. I'm happy. I have a great album. I have, I do a lot of, I'm doing what I want to do, which is I'm very diverse as an artist. Um, I like to do acoustic music. I like to do Spanish music. Um, I'm working on a bunch of tracks that are very much so like um, jazz, believe it or not, a standard jazz. Why? Because because I love music in general. I'm not limited to one style. Right. And um, I'm, I'm happy that way, you know? It's like, you know. Well, yeah. is, is Landa Gypsies the, the new girlfriend? Or is uh, Landa Gypsies sort of the one that you're cheating on XYZ with? Because you, you've got XYZ. So are, are these two separate bands that are still going? Is this oh. replacing one? Or sort of, what are the status of both? No, it's, uh, Land of Gypsies started when Mario um, from Frontier sent me a message and said, uh, I think it's Mario Serafino, uh, sent me a message and says, would you like to do a new project? We want you to record something new. Right. And I said, yeah, absolutely. And um, But I told them, I said, I'm not looking forward to doing an 80s album very much like whatever you have uh, released in the past, which, by the way, I respect I just I'm not I'm not doing that anymore. But if you're interested in me, I'd like to do an album that's more seventies, more you know um, um, organic in a way, but still right. rock. And they say, all right, we'll get the perfect producer for you. They put me in touch with Fabrizio, right. and uh, Fabrizio immediately understood my point of view and said, yeah, okay, I, I, I get it. Let me find the musicians. So he found the musicians, and um, and here we are today. Now is it? I think we may do another album. Um, I'm still going to be doing XYZ, no doubt about it. In fact, the songs are pretty much finished. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still going to be doing a, a bunch of songs with J.K. Northrop and, and with wow. other artists. A- again, you know, Mitch, I'm open to different things in, in, in life. Life is so short. We're here right. today, we're gone today. And, and I want to do as much as I can. I want to please myself and hopefully please the fans you know, without offending anyone. But the truth is, I, I, I you know, I do music for myself. I, I, I please right. myself first. It's like first. Yeah. Let me ask you this: the the press release says that it's bad company meets foreigner, but with better production or current production. Current, current. production. Yeah, I wouldn't say better. current production. Yeah. Nobody can do better than foreigner. <laughs> well, especially since Mutt Lang was <laughs> was one yeah. of the producers. Yeah. But but talk to me about that uh, in terms of wanting to capture that sort of late seventies, early eighties sound and not being another hair metal project or not being another sort of poodle rock project, but really capturing that bluesy classic rock kind of stuff. Well, the truth is I've always, I've always been a big fan of organic things, whether it's acoustic or, or, or R and B or whatever. So, um, I love the eighties, but I think the production was great back then. Nowadays, when I listen to it, I'm like, you know, I'd like, I'd like to do something a little bit more organic with less big production overdubs left and right. And then you can never reproduce that live, which is great for some artists. And, and I'm happy for them using the use backing tracks and everything. I just don't like that. I like, I like to be really organic. So uh, what I meant by uh, early foreigner, early white snake, because I'm a big fan of the yeah. early white snake albums. Ready and willing. Let's go. Bring it on. You, you know, Mitch, even before that, the very first uh, album by uh, uh, Northwinds. Yes. It's one of my all time favorite album. When I listened to that album, when I was a kid. I, I, I'm like, Oh my God, that voice, that, that sound, you know? So honestly, David, um, David Coverdale, I mean, you know, David Coverdale is, yeah. He's David the master. He's a master. He's the master. He's the master. He's. I listen to him a lot, and I, I admire him so much. I'm a huge fan of David Coverdale. Mm-hmm. But How it's, can it's you not funny, be? You, you talk about the fact that you know it's more current production. You want to go back to that more organic kind of '70s sound. You want to get away from the '80s. 
But I, I feel like a lot of those 80s bands were influenced by that music. I mean, what what is your definition of, like, what is the sound of the 80s that you're trying to stay away okay. from? Okay, I know, I know. Okay, it's a good point, Jeremy. What happened is we were all pretty much influenced by the 70s. I mean, all the 80s were influenced by the 60s and 70s, of course. What happened when once we got in studio, um, record companies and, and productions, producers at the time wanted to us to do more and more and more, to add more backup vocals, to add more gang vocals, to add more this and that. And we all did it because it was the, the standard thing to do back then. Mm-hmm. Until Guns N' Roses came along and said, screw you. Until Nirvana came on and said, screw you and changed everything. Uh, but for the longest time, uh, we all had to go by what labels were, were telling us to do, which is huge backup vocals that we were never able to reproduce live. Was that you know? because of Mutt Lang? Did they hear Pyromania and they were like, you need to do that? No, they heard Foreigner 4 and said, you need to do yeah. that. Well, those, those were a great album. Of, uh, Mutt Lang, first, I think Mutt Lang, first of all, is... Great albums, great albums, not oh, good. Mutt great. Lang is a genius. He's a genius producer, period. Um, what he did with uh, Brian Adams, what he did with Death uh, um, uh, um, Letter... ACDC is brilliant. But if you think about ACDC somehow, the production is still pretty raw. Um, very. very. The Back in Black album, which is one, one of my all-time favorite albums, it's still pretty raw. Mm-hmm. It's just some bands were, were okay to, to add all these backing tracks, like, like you know, Def Leppard, for example, lots of backup vocals, and it's great. Um, bands like... Um, ACDC said no. We said no. We're not doing that. Then we're changing. But Mutt Lang, by our definition, is one of the most brilliant producer of that era, yep. if not the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can Did we you agree? ever get the chance to work with him at all, like in any capacity? Oh or God, I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love. To. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's the ultimate. It's like driving a Ferrari or or, yeah. or anything like it. I mean, it's, he's just uh, he's just brilliant. Now, I, I would be afraid that he would want to change my sound completely. And, and add all these things. So it would take a lot of uh, determination from to say no, 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 no. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, well, he, okay. but he's a great songwriter. Look what he did with uh, uh, Def Leppard. Look what he did with uh, um, Brian yeah. Adams. Brian yeah. Adams. I mean, you know, uh, uh, so you, you know, who, by the way, is Canadian. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a oh, little, yeah. little bit. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, look what he did with Huey uh, Lewis and Do You yeah. Believe in Love. Uh, but yeah, all right, so I'm gonna ask you that. Hold on, Mitch. Mitch, I just want to know though, like you know, Terry, just talking about that '70s kind of sound. I mean, what is it about that style of production that you like? The organicness. I mean, is it what does that it's, mean? Like the drums cut off live off the floor. It's it's yeah. It's well, you're. I guess you're a musician. Um, it's huh, yes. Yes, it's raw. It's it, the vocals were. There was no such thing as lots of overdubs and do, doing things. Um, Vocals, for example, one of my biggest heroes was um, still uh, Paul Rogers. When he recorded his vocals, so his early rock Stewart as well, they went to the studio, they did one, two, three takes, and that's it. They were gone. They, were, they didn't spend 20 hours on one line. And, and when I recorded the album Lens of Gypsies with uh, my, my good friend Fabrizio, I went to the studio and there was three takes at most. And I okay, I'm done. Right. From the beginning to end of the song, I was singing the song, and then I said, okay, let me give you two more takes, and that's it. If I don't catch it now, I would never catch it. I wanted to get the rawness, the vibe, and even the imperfection of the vocals. I was like, yeah, that note is not perfect, but you know what? It's the way it should be. It shouldn't be. We're not going to auto-tune anything, because I don't like auto-tuning anyway. I think nowadays, singers, all they do is... They sing a line, okay, there's a wrong note, for example, whatever I would, you know, say. And then everybody was, oh, don't worry, we're going to fix it with auto-tune. No, I'm going to redo the line. I'm going to redo the line so it is what it should be. If you listen to the voice, uh, all those singers, it's all auto-tune. They lost that, they lost that sound. They lost that rawness. It's just. It's all mechanical. They all sound alike. They all cookie cutters. Now, don't get me wrong. They're all brilliant. They all do things that are great. And I, by no means, I'm jealous or anything. I just think they lost the personality. You know, yeah. a few minutes ago, I was listening to one, one of my favorite female singer, which is Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. And I love Whitney Houston. And I listened to her live version of I'm Gonna Run To You. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the Brian Adams song, but the Whitney Houston song. And a live performance at the Billboard 1996 mm-hmm. was phenomenal. 
there was she was doing things that were phenomenal. She didn't stick exactly to the way she was supposed to be singing the song. She was doing things, little scats left and right. It was brilliant. Yeah. No auto tune, nothing. Nowadays, you got singers that can get the notes. Yeah, they can get the notes, but they don't have that sound. They don't have that yeah. rawness, that yeah. imperfection. There was a video of Justin Bieber performing on the Today Show, geez, maybe like three years ago, and they had a tune on his vocal, but the problem was they had it set in the wrong key. It was like a half step down, so every time he hit the note, what do you mean? It was like, what do you mean? Like, it was like, bring it down, and he was like, stop, stop, stop. It sounds like you got a tune on my vocal. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's when a lot of singers nowadays use that, and Steve Perry said it very well the other day in, a, in an interview. He did. He said it's quite a shame because we lost that sound because now everybody sounds alike if you listen to a singer yeah they all pretty much sound alike i'm like why well, back then we had tv wonder we had yeah if you go back to rock you had you know it, it, we had that those special sound like lou graham brian yeah. adams was sound if you listen to brian adams songs some of the vocals are not perfect at all and i don't mean to be demeaning by that but you know what they're brilliant yeah but yeah. they capture an essence and they capture a moment and that's it, what you, you need know. There you go. That's yes. That's that's the word. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, and let me ask you about. So, on your album, is yours auto tuned and auto corrected and pitched, or, or is it Terry? It's Terry, and and Fab can 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 say it. I can I can pick up my guitar and sing you a song right away. Would it be All perfect? Right. I'm Would, it be perfect? <laughs> Would it be perfect? <laughs> Probably not. But you know what? It's gonna be the way it should be, which is raw and, and, and warmth and, and you should feel the emotion of that singer. You know, if it's not, you know, it shouldn't be perfect, nothing is perfect. Well, uh, Alan Niven always used to say to me, uh, there's a perfection in the imperfection. He's right. Well, Alan Niven is a great manager. Uh, he's, he's a wonderful manager who's, who's you know, discovered two, two wonderful bands. And uh, yeah. I would have loved to work with him back, day, but back then. He was, uh, he was really a, a very good man manager. Um, X, Y, Z, where are we with that then? Is that, is that done? I mean, I, I know you were at M3 not too long ago. I know you've done some other stuff, but where are we going with that band? We are, okay, let me explain that. You know, if you listen to the very first uh, Led Zeppelin album, okay, mm -hmm. uh, com and then you listen to a song like Communication Breakdown, mm -hmm. you know, great song, raw, mm -hmm. powerful, two and a half minute song, okay. Yeah. And then you go back in time and you have Physical Graffiti, Okay, and which is probably my favorite album among two or three other albums. Anyway, um, you listen to Physical Graffiti. The band has grown. The band has changed a little bit. It's still the same band, the same guitars, the same singer. However, the band has matured a little bit. And this is what we're doing with XYZ. We're trying, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel or reinvent ourselves. What we did uh, in this upcoming album I, I i told the band i said i want i have matured i'm not doing the same thing i i did 20 years ago i'm not going to talk about strippers or i'm not going to wear spandex or anything because my spandex wouldn't fit me anyway and uh, <laughs> and and i don't go I, just I, I can now wear my spandex pants on my arms only they could <laughs> <laughs> so the bottom line is a band has to grow a band has to mature and this is what we did. Um, the new album is still raw. It's still XYZ, but it's more mature. That's all. Just the production is a bit uh, stronger and more, um, let's just say, uh, uh, I wouldn't say complicated, but it's a bit deeper. That's right. all. Same for the lyrics. You know, we, we changed a few things, you know, but the singer is a singer and the sound is a sound. Sure. So, yes, we have a new album coming out. In fact, today I'm talking to my producer after this phone call with you and we're going to fix a couple of things and it's ready to go. Nice. Uh -huh. When See? can we expect a release date? Maybe in the summertime or? Summertime, yeah. Summertime. We are, we, we have, the thing is, we don't know who we're going to sell the album to. We want to approach a label or do we want to do it on our own, raising money like a, a, a Kickstarter or something. Crowdfunding and kind of thing. Yeah. I'm not quite sure, you know, um, that's a, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, on one sense, if you do it yourself, you own everything and everything that comes in is yours. You can sell direct. But a label does have a promotion team, does have publicists, does have, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of. But then again, you know, it makes, then again, if you have a Kickstarter kind of thing, if you have the money, you can hire the promotion, you can hire the PR people, you can hire all that and you can, can hire the right people. 
And the right, yeah, yeah, you can hire the right people, right? Because so, sometimes, uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get into. Oh, the you can say you can you can say it more amongst friends. Go ahead. Sometimes what? Well, I mean, sometimes uh, when you have a label publicist, they they either promote your album or they let you drop, and they you know they like, nah, I don't like Terry. Fuck him. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna send oh. out. And that well, not not you necessarily, but you know what I mean. It, it happens, and and you get the emails, and you're like, hey, Bob has a new record. Bob has a new record. Bob has a new record. And you're like, yeah, but I want to talk to Terry. Oh yeah, 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 he's not doing interviews right now. Oh really? Does it happen a lot that people actually? Uh, oh, it's that, happened that, before. It's happened it's in happened. the past, absolutely. Yeah, and then we go directly to the artist, and we're like, hey. Hey, so you are you doing interviews? And like, yeah, you didn't talk to the public. Well, Publicist is like, no, they're not doing anything. Here, here, I'll 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 say something honestly. Uh, it happened with Chips Enough not too long ago. He had a new album, and we tried to get an interview, and it wasn't working. So I texted Chip, and he goes, he goes, yeah, I'd love to talk to you. Yeah. And, and and the publicist kept saying, "Oh, he's not available. He doesn't have time. He doesn't have." Who was, was the Who was the publicist? Well, I'll, I'll, not the one that you're using on this interview. I'll tell you that. That's, <laughs> that that's a good thing. But but it was happening, and it was it was just weird, and and it happens. Yeah. And and you see it, and sometimes you'll get like six emails for this guy and zero emails for the other band, and you're like, yeah, something. Like I have a good publicist. Dustin is a great publicist. Dustin is fantastic. He loves Dustin. But I, I somehow also contacted you. I said, hey, Mitch, here's my, my latest video and everything. Why? Because I also have a relationship with you. Yep. And I believe it's important to, 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 to foster. Uh, um, to yeah, foster. I sent you an email because I respect you because I've talked to you many times. Yep. And um, it's important to do that as well. Now, I did not go behind my, my uh, agents, uh, my PR uh, guys back. I didn't. I just informed him. I said, hey, by the way, uh, I'm going to uh, send something to Mitch because I've known Mitch many times. I've seen him many times and we're friends. Yep. He said, oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. By all yep. means. So... Yep. Yeah, you don't want to. No, you don't want to. You don't want to upset your gatekeeper because that's the last thing you need. You don't. So you send him an email first <laughs> as, a, as a courtesy and said, "Hey, you know, yeah. I know Mitch. I uh, now yeah. know Jeremy. Would you mind if I send them a little message?" And uh, a good PR guy would say, "Oh, absolutely." So, but you have a bad to, one will say, "No, everything has to go through me." Yeah. But it happens. Actually, it happens. It, it happens all the time. Anyway, uh, back ahead, to. Back to other stuff uh, on Instagram, you posted that you were back to working out after your bout with COVID. Uh, talk to me about that a little bit. What what was your COVID experience? I mean, was it the end of the world? Were you uh, down and out, or was it or was it just like a cold and you were out a couple of days and back at it? I got COVID. Yeah, I didn't expect to get COVID because I'm fully vaccinated and I get the booster and everything, and I wear the mask most of the time actually. Probably the one time I didn't, and then that's when I got it. Um, mm -hmm. I uh, I get scared. I have to be honest with you. Uh, I was home and I I was about to go to to France to see my mom, who's who's got cancer. So my mom is waiting for me. She's not doing well at all, and she's like, "Terry, can you come?" And I'm like, "Okay, mom, I'm coming." So I went to get a PCR test, like everyone, and it was uh, positive. And I was blown away. I'm like, I don't feel any symptoms whatsoever. I took another one. It was positive. I'm like, wow, okay, I got to stay home. So I canceled my trip to France, called my mom. She was upset. And then I, the first two days, I was like, eh, it's no big deal. And the COVID is, it, I'm, I'm fine. And then it hit me. I felt really bad. I felt very weak. And I have to be honest with you. I did my will, which I never did before. I actually... Wow. I did my will. I was like, well, if I die, because I realized that I could die just like that. I could go to the hospital just like that. So I decided to write a will, um, of course, leaving everything to, to, to my daughter and my ex, of course. And uh, because I still get along with my ex very well. Uh, so I, I left everything to them. And, and I even called her. I said, you know, if something happened, here's my bank account number. Here's everything. You know, she said, really? I said, you know, within... An hour and a half, two hours, everything can change and you can be in the hospital. Yeah. So um, it was a scary thing to have COVID. Um, and it's very unfortunate that some people don't take it seriously. Um, and then you get these messages, oh, well, you know, he's sick and everything. I feel terrible for them. Um, I think COVID is, 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 is very, very serious. A lot of people have, have died all over the world, you know? Yeah, I mean, look at Meatloaf just this week or last week. I mean, you know, I, look, I just got over it literally yesterday. You and I, I think we wow. got it at the same time. I'm triple vaxxed and I went to get a, 
I, I was exposed on Friday, started feeling symptoms on Monday, and by Wednesday, I tested positive, and I was sick as a dog. Like, it felt yeah, like razor blades in my chest for two days. Like, just wow. we had to cancel every. We we canceled what uh, six like, interviews, seven six interviews? interviews last week. It was just yeah. Were you, were you scared? Were you, were you scared? You know what? I wasn't necessarily scared. I just had a lot of anxiety because I'm like, you know, everything that you watch in the mainstream media and the propaganda that they put out there saying, oh, well, all this hospitalizations and this and that. Uh, in reality, I mean, it really did feel like a bad cold. I felt awful. At, did I think I was going to die? No. But the results of that underlying idea that, oh, shit, you know, I could possibly end up in the ICU. Well, the reason you didn't think you could die is because, Jeremy, you, you, you triple vax. So you yeah. didn't. My dad passed from COVID a year and a half ago. He was at the time there, there, there was no vaccine. There was nothing. And, you know, and my dad just he was my dad was a very strong was a, my stepdad. I'm sorry. was a very strong man. Very, you know, worked out. He was, you know, he was older, but he was still strong. And he died within a few days from the moment he was diagnosed. Two days later, he was dead. So, uh, it, it, yeah, it's it, it just it, my friend uh, Wayne Morrison from Rock for Christmas just passed away last week, and um, it's it's really sad. You know, we we lost a lot of people. People should take it seriously, and um, but I understand the the the, the, the fear behind uh, vaccines. I understand it's just, but it's people need to understand that it's not the first time that people get scared of a vaccine. People were scared of the polio vaccine uh, back in the early 1900s. And it took six years for people to, 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 to accept that vaccine. But, and now everybody gets vaccinated, you know, yeah. from polio and, and tuberculosis and everything. But when a vaccine comes out, usually people are very skeptical. And I, I understand, I understand. I believe in science, so I have, you know, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get vaccinated. But yeah. it's me. I don't judge those who don't get vaccinated. Yeah. I just say that's not a problem. Just stay away from me. You do you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty clear, clear enough, you know? Yeah. Well, if I were you, I'd go pick up Land of Gypsies, brand new records available now wherever music is sold. Get the CD, get the stream and do the whole thing. But best to buy the CD and have it in your hand. The physical product, you can't beat it. So... Well, yeah. how, is, how, is, how is Terry going to sign your MP3? And no, you can't. I do believe in CDs. I do believe in LPs. I do believe in that. I love, in fact, I'm a big fan of, of other artists, of course. And sometimes I go and buy their albums and hoping one day I will meet them and, and or go backstage and I said, hey, uh, Robert, uh, uh, could you sign my album? And I'm, I'm a big fan, just like you guys. Just like fan boy, just like us. <laughs> well, we're all fans of somebody else. We're all yep. fans of music. And I know you guys are huge fans. You're like... Uh, crazy uh, fans. You're crazy fans. Sometimes I, I read you a lot, Mitch. I watch your, your posts and everything. I know you love Def Leppard and, and, and you know... Yeah. It's all about the Def Leppard. Yeah. You're a big Def Leppard fan, huh? I'm oh, yeah. We're huge Def Leppard fans. Oh, Both of us. I'm surprised you didn't go on the Def Leppard cruise uh, two or three years ago. Yeah, I don't cruise. Yeah, me, I don't me like and boats. boats. Don't me and boats don't like don't. I I I did a cruise in Mexico when I was younger, and it was just months of throwing up. It was or weeks. Oh, of really? No, no, no. The cruises are pretty nice. Uh, the the ships are huge. But, but look at your text. I just sent you Jeremy doing promises by Def Leppard. A video. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I let, let, you have to check that, that out that is, later. That is all him. He did the guitar. He did the vocals. He did the production. That's all him. Because you asked him if he was a musician before. That's what here. Have a listen. Go ahead. We'll wait. You'll see. <laughs> well, well see. listen. We're gonna have to wrap up really soon because we got another interview. But the land of oh, gypsies right. and Terry, check that out if you get a chance later on. But yeah, I do. I, I do. I, I didn't. Jeremy, I'm glad you're a musician. I mean, it's it's. I, I knew you were a musician because we talked. You talked right away about recording the drums you know how we recorded the drums i knew you were a musician right away you know and, and i'm go. definitely gonna listen to it you know yeah, Who knows? Maybe, whenever we, maybe talk, one day we can work together yeah, oh why yes, not we could whenever we talk gear mitch just sort of like it goes over his head <sighs> but uh yeah i'm all about the gear talk <laughs> next, <laughs> next time we'll get into uh if you're using gold plated uh mic wires and uh, everything <laughs> I, I actually i gotta be honest with you i'm not so much into that but I, the only thing I like is a good microphone, and and I was uh, lucky enough to purchase a bunch of old microphones back in the days. And nice. I, I collect, like some people collect guitars. 
which I do, by the way, I should never, never use them, but uh, I collect microphones, old microphones, you know. Uh, like a nice old U47 in your collection? 87, 47, all that stuff. And I also buy, I got to be honest with you. I'm going to be checking my stocks while you talk about that. Oh, the stock market went down like crazy. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> if you see this, I'm like, oh my God, what's going on with the stock? It's terrible. Yeah, it's falling apart right now, actually. Do you think it's going to go down even more? They think they they think that the uh, that the uh, COVID bubble was uh, false and that it's falling out. So we'll see. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to sell a bunch of things. Actually, I was thinking about them. Like I'm going to sell and invest in the. But, you know, but yeah, I, my my stock investments. I, I've always thought of like you know I'll keep it going until I'm like 65. So you know Disney's been up and down for me. Netflix has been up and down for me. Apple's been up. I mean you know. Well, this, I mean, Netflix has a lot of competition nowadays. Uh, I, I never really watched TV, but recently I, I said, oh, I'm going to get a TV. So I got myself a really nice TV and, and I got all these channels and everything coming in. I'm like, oh, my God, there's Netflix, there's Prime, there's uh, Hulu. There's everything. There's a lot of competition for Netflix nowadays. Yeah, there is. And, and yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch. And, and, you know, listen, I bought Disney when I was 21 years old. And there was a point oh. there where people didn't want to go to Disney World. They didn't want to go to Epcot. And the stock went shooting down. Blah, blah. And then they opened Disney Plus and Marvel Moot. And everything started going up again. It's like... Well, how much is the stock now? Uh, 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 Disney, I'll tell you. Hold on. I got I got a stock tracker here. Disney is currently at 134.21. Okay. Okay. That's and good. I, had, I bought it back in the day like at 82 or something and i mean that, that was like 30 years ago so so you make good money on so you're money. rich you're the one percent yeah not, mitch not is the one he's the one percent of the one percent that we need <laughs> i'm i'm percent three i'm not one but point one percent okay but there you go uh we we do have another interview always a pleasure toujours un plaisir. Thank you. Uh, Thank land you. of gypsies yeah. folks you'll love it. it it does have that that old school 70s or 80s bad company foreigner vibe all of it all we need all we need is a duet with lou graham that's all we need you know i would mean, love to i'd love to have i'd actually i'd love to have a duet with your famous uh female singer um uh, canadian female rock singer sass, sass jordan yeah. I, I love sass jordan <laughs> Huh? Oh, I know Sass Jordan. We'll, we'll I know. I, I love her voice. I love. I've always been a big fan of hers. I'd like to do a, a duet with her. You know, because um, I, I I like that sound, that rawness that she has. You know, I'll, I'll finish it on this story because I'm going to connect all of this together. Oh, I, I went, love you. I went to see. Um, uh, you're going to like this, Jeremy, because it, it includes a Mohawk territory. I went to Ooh. see Foreigner. Yeah. Playing a couple of years ago on Mohawk territory at uh, on Jeremy's uh, reserve. What, what was that name of that place that had those shows to Jeremy? It was at Maddie's place in Gunnawaga. Yeah, it was at Maddie's place, and I went to that show with Sass Jordan, and she sang every song as loud as she could into my ear. And at first, I was like, "She goes, is it bothering you?" And I'm thinking, "Well, no, wait. I got Sass Jordan and Kelly Hansen singing Foreigner to me. No, this, this oh, is perfectly wow. fine." Kelly's doing, was, Kelly's doing a great job with Foreigner. He's he's yeah. really he's nailing. For that one night, I had Ke Terry, uh, sorry, Kelly on stage, and I had mm -hmm. Sass in my ear, and I was just like, "Yeah, that works for me." Uh, that she's works. A, she's a great singer. I'd love to work with her one day. Do a duet, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be huge. Yeah, that'd thank be you. Yeah, my guitar tech used to play with Sass for years. So who who? My my guitar tech Corey Dybo. He used to play with oh, Sass okay. for for quite a while, and he, he plays in another band, Montreal band called Jonas. They're pretty. Okay. They're, they're really awesome too. So yeah. Anyway, we love the Jonas. Merci bien. Thank All you, right, folks. Terry, best of luck with the record. It was so great to meet you, and uh, merci beaucoup. We'll see you soon. Jeremy, I'm going to listen to your stuff right away. Oh, you'll see. You'll love it. It's you don't it's have to. Top notch. Yes, you do. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Be well. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. An all new episode of the Mitchell Fun and Jeremy White Show. Tuesday at noon. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews, bonus content, and episodes on demand now. Visit youtube.com slash Jeremy White Show. Follow Mitch and Jeremy on Twitter. Yeah, they're verified. At Mitch Lafon and at Jeremy White MTL.